Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alistair Kennedy, um, and with me, your other host, Russia. Yes, and um, tonight on Starling City Radio, we have uh, a very special treat for you. Um, I say special, and I mean special. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, joining us for episode 22 from over on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, introduce yourself. Um, Andy. Uh-huh, just Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one douche in this show, we don't need two. Um, Andy does the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast for all you Marvel fans out there, and if you listen to both then, this is a double treat for you. Um, tonight, Ross does not have a character for tonight, but we do have a comic, and we're going to get Andy's thoughts on... Arrow is in, in general, after being a Shield fan and Marvel fan for so long, uh, we finally breached his gap or something. That like. sounds that so sounds... wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we knocked his wall down. We bashed the back door. No. In. We no. B- breached no. and mounted his steed. No, okay, no. I'll leave it there. We got him over from the light side to the dark side. Just he's dipping his toes in the water, anyway. So, um, before we get into all that good stuff, Ross, you've got some news tonight. Green Arrow related, and Andy would be very interested to hear this. Yes, um, I've not found any like sort of official news outlets to say it, but on the Arrow forums that I frequent, um, recently Stephen Amell was at was part of a panel, um, at the Eek in Saint Albert. Uh, over in America, and basically he let slip that he's going to be voicing in a DC Universe video game, and it looks like it could be Lego Batman 3. Um, basically, the quotes are going, is after denying that it was for Batman Arkham Knight, he was asked about Lego Batman 3, where his response was a no comment, followed by, you know guys, I'm terrible at lying. So <laughs> it could be safe to assume that it could be yeah. Stephen Amell could be in Lego Batman 3. So will we see Lego Green Arrow? You know? and, well, and if we do see Lego Green Arrow, is it going to be the old school style Green Arrow or is it going to be based on the Arrow Green Arrow? That'd be quite interesting. I think it's, I think it's a good idea and it's not his first uh, step into video games either because he voiced the Arrow TV costume for the Injustice video game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested enough in it. Like I've kind of started Lego like recently uh, games, and um, some of them are enjoyable. I don't like all of them, but Andy's a big fan. What does this news make you happy as a Lego yeah. fan? Oh no, definitely. Like uh, Lego Batman Two was was quite good up until the point where you got Superman, and then it became a Superman game. But uh, Green, mm-hmm. Green Arrow was in it. He was hey, guys, Green Arrow already in, in the Lego games, yeah. Yeah, he he was in that. It was the kind of old style Green Arrow with the with the beard and all that. Ah, so ah. it could be interesting if they go with the arrow way, and and it makes sense if like yeah, you would think so, yeah, because arrow's such a big show now. It makes sense that they're trying to, you know, give arrow and Stephen Allen himself more exposure. So quite good. Yeah. Now all they need to do is get um, Grant Gustin cast as the Flash, and yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Um, so um, do we have any other news? I did see a bit today about Stephen Amell going back to training because season three starts filming very soon and. I seen his superhero workout video one. Did you watch that, Ross? Uh, no, not yet. I've got it lined up <laughs> uh, to watch later on uh, to see what all that was about. The only other thing I picked up on, I'm not too sure if we did cover it over the last mm-hmm. couple of episodes, was um, in one of our recent um, video interview, Steve mm-hmm. and Amel did say that we will find out exactly where Olicity, the their relationship, will head like very early in season three. You know, so- I, I did hear that and we didn't cover it before, so you're all good. But... Um, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope he just kind of puts, like, at the end of the season, like, all the casual fans, I think I said last week, would have been like, oh, they're going to kiss, they're going to kiss. And then I'm like, yes, he walked away. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I really don't want them to go down that path. Not just because of the Dino land stuff. I just don't mm. think it's it's a good fit. You know, I think they're just better as being really close, like, brother-sister relationship. And it would be quite an interesting characterization in season three to maybe see Felicity fill the void that Thea's left. So, mm. you know, Stephen... Um, Oliver starts sort of just seeing Felicity as his sort of replacement sister while Thea's getting trained up by uh, by Merlin would be quite So you could see uh, Felicity going to Ollie, I love you, and he goes, I love you too, like a sister. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and then she'll just be devastated. Um, but yeah, as I said, he's already quoted to say that uh, we're going to find out very early on in season three if he actually meant that he loved her or if it was just a, a ruse. Yeah, you know, I think it was. Sorry, Andy. 
Uh, I was going to say, do you not think it could be interesting, like if they had like a drunken one night stand, and then they went, "No, this can't work." No. Nah. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to see that at all. I want to see building his relationship with um, Dana, sorry, Laurel, Dana Lance, and um, I want to see more of that uh, developing, obviously, to the assumed marriage. We might not get to see the marriage, but that would be a perfect season four finisher, wouldn't it? Season five finisher on the way. Yeah, it would be quite cool to see if they do pull that out. But either way, it would be nice just to see them sort of work towards some form of relationship anyway. And um, would be yeah. quite good. So it'd be interesting to see how that forms out. And again, I'm just going to be, I'm quite intrigued as to see where they're going to take this illicity relationship anyway, you know. And if it's not going to be a, a proper, like, lover relationship, what's it going to be? Is it just going to be friendship or is it going to be a family ship or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know i mean like it's going to be intriguing to see how they actually play out and if we're going to get sort of like strung along for the first Mm. few episodes before we find out so um that's really about it so i'm really looking forward to when we get the sort of announcement that season three uh starts Mm. filming which as you said is very soon so yeah yeah i can't wait for it i mean like this is the summer gap as we all know and uh, arrow may be gone but we're still here for now and like we said last week even though there's no arrow we're going to Report all the news that's coming on Arrow and probably on the Batman Superman movie, which will eat, uh, seep out during the next few months. And um, we're, we're going to do a, a new 52 rundown for noobs like I was at the start of this show. Well, Ross yeah. is. <laughs> like Andy. <laughs> yeah, like Andy. So, yeah, that's basically all the news that we had. Like I said, apart from Steve and I will back in training. And I hope... What's the chick that plays Laurel called? It's not Kate Lotz. That's, uh, Kate Cassidy. Yeah, I hope how Stephen Amell's gone to the gym. She's went to drama class. Mm. You know, <laughs> yes, she really good. needs. She needs more drama class than fitness <laughs> classes, definitely. Yeah, so. she needs to eat a few cheeseburgers while she's at them as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she needs to sort out what what color her hair is going to be. Is it just going to be <sighs> blonde, or is it just going to stick with it? <laughs> she's been sneaking it in, as we know. know. You sneaky little hair dyer person, you. At least she's not as bad as, as Sarah Lads who wears a blonde, a blonde wig over her blonde hair. <laughs> over which, blonde yeah. yeah, well, I'm quite sure as well if I wore contact lenses and a mask, my own brother wouldn't be able to tell who I was either face to face. My biggest hope, like I said, season three, Detective Lance suddenly becomes the detective that the city needs and figures out, oh shit, that must be a, um, old Ollie there with my sister. <laughs> Yeah, I just. Been... <laughs> I think I've said this before, but I just imagine the scene where like it's like shit's going down basically, and in the background you just see Quentin like you know face palming, going, "I can't believe I've just realised everything." So <laughs> or like, like a realisation. <laughs> like it turns out the arrow's just been a long extended uh, Specsavers advert, and at the end somebody prescribes him glasses. He's like, "Ah, much better, Ollie." You know, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so yes we'll move off that before we digress and uh, we'll start off with uh, the beginning segment as usual which is a comic book of the week which Ross picked for us and it was Justice League Rise and Fall it was by sometimes good sometimes bad JT Krull and some Italian dude sounding Fabrizio Ferrentio Adatore pretty much <laughs> take away that Tony, but yes it was by him i believe our special guest did uh read this book as well and uh i'll hand you over to the capable hands of ross and then we'll get you to chime in ross yeah, uh, i mean i'd like to think that uh, i've been quite good in terms of my selections for green arrow and i think this is the first time as we all have i've completely <laughs> missed the mark in this one at all uh this was a new one for me as well i'd heard of it i hadn't really looked into it so i'm I'm approaching this as new as used to as well um so obviously just league rise and fall set um just after the blackest night uh, storyline so you kind of need a little bit of background to really understand what's going on what's going on and anyway it's it's it charts basically there it, in theory, it charts the rise of Arsenal and the fall of Green Arrow. As <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would use rise lightly because he didn't rise in this. Exactly. <laughs> One of my points as well is that it should really be the fall of Arsenal and the rise of Green Arrow because <laughs> like, yeah, cause you literally see Arsenal go down to his, like, the darkest depths, yet you see Green Arrow redeeming himself and becoming a new guy, like a new, uh, a new person almost. Um, so yeah, Justice League, uh, it just falls through and we obviously see... Green Arrow murdering Prometheus after what he did to Roy previously. And it's really just a sort of a storyline following the Justice League hunting down um, Oliver Queen uh, and uh, sort of getting him to answer to his crimes. And uh, parallel to that, we see Roy Harper 
um, becoming Arsenal or the Arsenal that we that we have come to grow and, and love. Um, as I said before, this book is very marmite, basically. You either love it or you hate it. You know, I've I've read scathing reviews about this book. You know, and um, we all know it's bad. And we can go on and on about how bad it is. But I'm going to try and focus on some of kind of the good stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's difficult because what what TJ Crow is trying to do is, like, he's trying to do another um, second-tier Justice League story, you know. And in all honesty, it would be quite daunting task to do that anyway, considering you're coming off the back of the great Brad Meltzer's identity crisis, you know. And... Um, he just really hits, he just misses the mark, like in quite a lot of the characterizations and the way he portrays a lot of people. For example, like he makes Barry Allen like the most hated character in the entire like book. Like I was reading that going, that is not Barry Allen. This is like a, just a, a, a sort of outline as to what Jeff Johns had done in Rebirth sort of idea, you know? And uh, the only thing he did get right, which was quite cool, was the friendship between Green Lantern and Green, uh, Green Arrow in the sense that, you know, you, you saw how conflicted Green Lantern was over his, his long-time friend, you know, um, killing Prometheus. And, you know, you do see how sort of standing things outside the city uh, as Oliver Queen's leaving, you know, to offer him some help, you know, and that was quite good that he managed to get that um, sort of sorted. But overall, though, like, he really missed the mark on a lot of it, especially Connor Hawk as well. That was another person he just completely did not, you know, connect with and characterize properly. And again, also Roy Harper, I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me, Ali, like Roy Harper's like sort of characterization, this entire storyline is just absolutely bollocks. It's like not the Roy Harper that we that we want and it's not the Roy Harper that we're so used to, you know? And what's really strange is that through this entire like sort of nine, ten issue arc, I think it was, um we we see Roy Harper uh, fall to the darkest depths, right? Which is fair enough. But in these story arcs, you expect them, we expect to then be rewarded by seeing Roy Harper, you know, redeem himself and become, you know, a different person and a different character. Yet in this one, it just leaves him in like, you know, in an absolute state and an absolute like, you know, like uh, hatred of a character type thing. And it looks like you then have to buy. Uh, the follow-ups of like the Teen Titans and that to then really discover how um, Roy Harper redeemed himself from what happened during the um, uh, during the comic book, and you know it's just really I think it's just very um, very unfair in the readers you know for that you know the fact that I finished that you know wanting to find out how you know Roy Harper was going to redeem himself, but instead you know I was just left with nothing you know and I was really peeved off with that and. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed with it. I really was expecting a little bit more uh, to the entire book itself. And there were some nice bits to it, but in, in, all, in, all, in, all, in all honesty, it just really was an absolute utter pants of a, of a book, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, it really is. Um, what did you think, Alisla? Um I'm, I'm going to have to concur with you like we usually agree in the books we've got similar tastes when it comes to green arrow and i mean this one had the rise of arsenal and like i said before he didn't rise to a certain occasion in the book i mean it even wrote in that he (laughs) had problems in the trouser department and um he's a bit abusive and obviously it's like a total downward spiral which i don't think he really needed because he already had it with speedy you know he was a redeemed character after the whole heroine art that we will eventually read up to um, for everyone listening, but I can I can understand Arrow wanting to kill Prometheus because of Star City and his daughter and um, his, his granddaughter he referred to as. But Andy was asking earlier is uh, Roy Arrow's son, uh, Ollie's son, and I said, well, he's the same way that Dick Grayson is Bruce Wayne's son. Yeah, it's like adoptive son, Andy. Like you know, yeah. like they've I, I got sort of confused. Yeah. <laughs> they've like yeah. uh, well, Connor Hawk is um, uh, Green Arrow's biological yeah. son. Yeah. But Roy Harper's just a guy that they've they're just really close to the point where he he perceives Roy Harper as his son, but technically not. Yeah, there's there's a cool issue that I can get to you, Andy, that we covered in one show, and it was kind of a point one issue. It was like a random issue where Roy and Connor actually get together, um, and they hit, I like that issue, and I wish the story uh, continued. But... Yeah, they hit the town, don't they? It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like Connor's all he's a Buddhist monk, and he wants to just go to is it the garden center he wants to go somewhere crazy and uh, yeah it's it's That's i'm not joking <laughs> i think it's something like that he wants to go and feed the terrapins at um, <laughs> the garden center but uh roy just wants to get him drunk and go to strip clubs <laughs> yeah it's quite good 
Um, yeah, but so yeah, I, I totally agree with you about that whole sort of like Arsenal idea. You know, it just that bit when he, he hits Mia was just a bit like what? Like yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, and it is the Justice League of America, and it's, they're trying to bring Green Arrow and. I just, I don't like the way the guy did the book. Like, okay, the art was, it's not the best art I've seen. Like, it's not up there with Mike Grell, but it, it did its job. And it was just, I don't know. Like, see the bit, what was it he tried to beat the junkies up for? Uh, uh, Arsenal, it was to save a, a, a cat or something. Yeah, aye. Yeah, the, the cat scene, aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, come on. And it's like, it was almost a spoof or like a as if he was trying to reinterpret Green Arrow as a whole like and he did okay with like you said there are some good parts and some bad parts but I mean it was like forcefully gritty at those parts you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, overall, I reckon. Obviously, I'm not concluding it right now, but like, mm-hmm. it's more the fact that like it, this. If you're a a fan of Roy Harper uh, or an Arsenal, this book is not for you. But if you're a fan of just Green Arrow, then it's actually quite a decent book. You get quite a nice insight and a sort of a teaser as to what's a, what's ahead of Green Arrow and the further issues, which then I believe rise and fall is the beginning of um, uh, J, is it J I J A. JT Cruel's uh, run on on Green Arrow before obviously New Fifty Two started, um, which has been seen as quite a strong run of Green Arrow. So yeah, for, for for if you just focus on Green Arrow, it's actually quite a decent book. But everything else surrounding it is just so bad; it's just <laughs> ridiculous. And, and yeah, I, I mean, feel really sorry about the Roy Harper side because there was such potential to create a great character, and he's just completely missed the mark. Yeah, and like I said, it was the whole it stepped into almost Andy maybe like this book actually because it stepped into Ant Man territory with the reason <laughs> that they were trying to have sex in the first place because their kid had been killed obviously and uh, and then obviously it takes heroin I guess just I I've got no more to say about this personally and I want to get back onto like good Arrow Brooks Ross stop filling us with this stuff. <laughs> yeah um, that'll be that'll be the final one for that I believe uh, we're going to be starting our new fifty two um sort of like 101 stuff next week are we or are we gonna um, yeah we're okay. doing that next yeah. week and yeah. i think the best place to start is justice league uh volume one origins yeah definitely. yeah it's a yeah. perfect starting point so anyway andy andy arkin before me and ross give our scores what did you feel about this book uh was it awkward to read as you'd not read any arrow did you love it because of the craziness they made arsenal do did it smell of Ant Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't smell of Ant Man though. No. first of all, Ross, I, I hate you for making me read this book. <laughs> because yes. no, but, but not because it was bad, right? Mm. But because it nearly it nearly fucking made me cry. <laughs> Honestly. Like I mean I had no I had no idea what to expect around this book. I was just like, Oh, okay, a Justice League book, I'll read that, it'll be fine. But then <laughs> they have to kill a child. Kill a child, I mean, and that that's just heartbreaking to me. And uh, yeah, I thought the book was actually very, very good on the whole, except <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not surprising. Um, but except for the uh, two issues of the Justice League that were in amongst it, like I was just completely confused because I had no idea who those people were. I was mm. like, who the hell are these guys? See the guys that like infiltrated the Watchtower, the three guys. I had no idea who those guys were. Yeah, the Justice League section, that's more in tune with what happened with Blackest Night, and there's an overall sort of arc to that, and it was really like the Justice League side of things was really just used to sort of like give you an overall idea as to what's happened in the world, but for somebody like yourself who doesn't really follow DC, I can understand where your confusion would have come from, but overall, if you enjoyed the sort of Green Arrow, Roy Harper run, then that seems to be the main story that was trying to be told. Yeah, like, I mean, I liked what they did with, with uh, Green Arrow in it, it was quite cool, and I really liked, I actually really liked what they did with Roy Harper in it, and like, showing him going in the demo spiral, which is completely understandable, I mean, he's just lost his, his child, he's gonna go absolutely off the rails, and like, I mean, I could totally relate to that, I'd, I'd likely be the same. I, I felt a bit sorry for him that he didn't get to uh, to kill either of the uh the the guys, the executioner or uh, no, sorry, the electrocutioner or uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Prometheus. Um, Prometheus. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I Prometheus. Yeah, right at the start. I. There, there was only there was only one bit in the book that I went. No, oh, that's not doesn't seem right to me because there was a one point where Roy was about to he, just when he was about to kill the electrocutioner. Oh no, he did kill him like the end. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just when he was about to kill the electrocutioner, and uh, Green Arrow's like, no, no, don't kill him. 
You know, it was like that, that's totally hypocritical. Like you just killed the other one, why can you not kill this one? So I was like, yeah. But yeah, overall, it was a really good book, and I, I followed it pretty well, except for those two Justice League issues. Hmm. That's good. Do you think you could have even followed it even without those Justice League issues at all? Or I, I think so. Yeah. See if it, see if it, see if those weren't even there. Mm-hmm. Like like I think it would have worked pretty much the same. To be That's honest, yeah. and and did did you not feel sort of like short change in the fact that you didn't really see Roy Harper sort of like like you know get up from his sort of like his downward spiral at all, or were you quite content with it ending on sort of Roy being a complete and utter like wreck of a man like sort of idea? Because I always always like to see a nice fitting conclusion to the characters and following, and I just felt that one was just wasn't it was just left too open. You know, to the point where I'll be like, "Oh God damn it!" I wanted to sort of like get this, you know, wrapped up rather than having to now go away and read a completely new um, storyline in order to see how he how he gets himself back up to mm. to the st- to the status that we're all used to seeing Roy Harper being in. It was well, it was un it was an unnecessary part. He was already there, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he he got, he got his revenge, like, and that that's what he was that's what he was after. He got his revenge, and then he's obviously just quite angry, so he's away to. Apparently, join the Teen Titans, and uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what the Teen Titans do: kick people, punch people. Oh, well, they're kind of like the young young Avengers, Andy. Aye, ah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Teen Titans. Yeah, sort of the all Dick the sidekicks band together. The, ma- the main two is like Dick Grayson and Roy Harper. Well, sometimes. Um, yeah, and, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cyborg. Cy- Cyborg was was the main was one of the main Teen Titans yeah. as well before the new Fifty Two Justice League. Um, I'm actually quite interested in going and reading that after reading this book just to see what happens to Roy. Yeah, I mean, the Teen Titans is actually a brilliant um, a, a series and run, and especially if you got so uh, wrapped up with the Roy Harper type thing, you, I think you'd probably enjoy the Teen Titans more, having that connection to Roy Harper now. Mm-hmm. Um, after the show, I'll try and get a reading list up for you as well, if you want. Awesome, And like, I, I think because of the TV show and like because I have liked Roy in the TV show, like it made me kind of run to this story a bit more because like it was there was a lot of uh of roy harper in it so yeah i mean there's better roy stories andy and like this (laughs) one i'm glad you liked it because like it might have put you off green arrow completely and if you (laughs) like this one then you're gonna absolutely love the rest of them and obviously there's a handy reading list if you go back to episode one of this show it'll guide you (laughs) obviously um but yeah we're going to finish up the comic segment that i'm going to get uh, the Marvel, how many shields of shield are you going to throw at this <laughs> out of five? <laughs> I'd give it four out of five. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> thank God that doesn't count. Ross and myself, how many arrows out the quiver are you firing at this bad boy? Uh, I'm going to give it two. Two arrows. Yeah, it's not as bad as volume one, two, and three of New 52. I, so. I, <laughs> yeah. I disagree. I'm not even, I'm not wasting my arrows in that. I'll throw, like, I'll throw the cat arrow at it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so that's uh, two arrows, a cat, and four shields that this book gets. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically we're just gonna have to say it's basically 1.5 because marvel opinions don't count do they <laughs> uh, 1.5 arrows from Stalin city radio and four shields from marvel <laughs> yeah and like ross said next week we'll be getting into a new 52 101 still um period of the show and we'll be starting with justice league volume one of the new 52 which i absolutely love that book yeah, it's good. I'm really looking forward to sort of delving back into it again. I've been following it quite closely, the mm. storyline, so it'll be a nice refresher to go back again and see what's going on. So, yeah, looking forward. Yeah, so definitely pick that one up. I'm sure it's by Jeff Johns. Don't quote me, but I'm 100% po- positive that I'm maybe right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Jeff Johns that did Justice League 1. Yeah, and, it's uh, Jeff Johns, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. He got there in time. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah, just in time. So anyway, like as we said, there is no se- section on Arrow at the TV show. Oh, but we do have a Marvel fan in the house, ladies and gentlemen, who's like we said recently walked into dark waters, and I want to know all about his feelings, thoughts, 
triumphs, heralds, downfalls uh, on the world of Arrow watching from season one to season two. Ross, mean you can take a break. Andy, take the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to me this time. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my nice show. Remember, like before it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, well, season one. I mean, I start. I started watching it, and I watched the first few episodes, and and I was put off. Like I'm sure most people were with all the exercising and all that. Although it's impressive. That he can do that jump thing. I don't need to be reminded of that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it once and I'm like, yeah, cool. Remind me next season. That's fine. But um, yeah, so I think I watched the first four or five episodes and then went, this probably isn't for me. And then when 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 you started getting big into like coming out of season two and starting the show and that, I was like, okay, I better, I better watch this. So I know what he's <laughs> talking about. So I can listen to his podcast. <laughs> and and so I watched through season one. And, and I mean, the whole... Like going down the list and killing everybody. It was it was all right. Like it wasn't the best TV show I've ever seen, and it wasn't the worst TV show I've ever seen. There was certainly some strong characters and things in it, and there was enough to keep me watching each episode, which which was fine. And the season finale was pretty good, like with the with the uh, the earthquake and all that. I like that, yeah. and it it set up nicely for season two when he wouldn't kill people anymore. Mm-hmm. Which and then when season two started, obviously as you guys know. Is much much better than season one. Like yes, at least yeah. ten times better. Like, I've never seen and- a show manage to go from one like that, like crazy, you know, like like a massive jump yeah. from like quality of like the production oh, yeah. as well as the writing that Arrow has done. Like I mean, it really was astoundingly better to the point where you could almost wipe <laughs> season one <laughs> off and just yeah. start season two. <laughs> to to an extent, I think season yeah. one's got its place, and we've discussed before. The reason it had to happen like that was to get viewers in that aren't watching just because it's Green Arrow. You know, they needed like the average Joe to watch, so they get the girls in with Stephen Amo topless. They got random like. I would almost say pointless, violent killing from Ollie and, okay, it developed into a learning curve for him, but that was to get the guys in going, yeah, he's a badass. And then season two, they've just went, unleash the hordes and they opened the DC floodgates. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's definitely been one of my favourite things about the season, like all the little references and things like that. Like, it's especially like, uh, like they had the Suicide Squad and stuff, and I would, which I only really know about because it was in like a couple of episodes of Smallville. And like, that's the only thing I really knew about it. And, did you uh, um, yeah. uh, did you find that the DC references like um, hindered season two for obviously somebody coming in that didn't know anything about DC at all, or or did you kind of get an idea like were they did they detract from the season themselves like almost as if trying to throw the references at the viewers, or did you find that it was one of those things where you you'd only find the references if you were specifically looking out for them? If you didn't know anything about DC, you could still watch the episode without having to rely on those sort of references. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, t- totally. Like, you wouldn't have to have any background knowledge of DC to watch this. So, which I do have. I, def- I wouldn't say I'm completely closed when it comes to DC, just in terms of I hadn't, I hadn't read too many of the, the comics before starting re- before starting watching the show. But I have watched yeah. 10 seasons of Smallville, as yeah. well as all the all the movies and, and whatnot over the years. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a total, oh no, who's this guy? You know who's I mean? this <laughs> Batman character you speak of? You know? <laughs> who's this fellow with the blue and the red cape? What, why, why, who's he up to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I've I really liked all the little references they threw in, like the Harley Quinn one and all that. I thought that was really cool. Even if you don't ever see her again, like you were saying last week, like, yeah. that's no problem. You've, you've seen her, you know she exists in this world. She's just locked in that cell. And she, yeah. as far as we know, she'll stay there until something happens. Yeah, what was brilliant is just that that one small reference has literally just opened the floodgates to like countless things because as I said like last week as well, I was like just that one sort of two seconds sort of like reference to Harley Quinn has now pretty much confirmed Joker in the universe, Batman in the universe, all of like Batman side of things are pretty much sort of like alluded to just via those two seconds of yeah, like a and- reference. And we've got Bloodhaven, obviously, which is Nightwing's hometown, and I am still damn sure that he's going to show up, and if not, (laughs) they're going to receive some very annoyed tweets by me, I'm telling you. Season is going to be interesting then. <laughs> Every episode, what do you think is going to happen yeah. next week? Night Nightwing. Night Nightwing. Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be ten times as worse. <laughs> uh, what, what was your favourite episode uh, overall, Andy, if for season two? You oh, read that two. last week, Ross. Yeah, you should yeah, you read it last week. week. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm asking Andy. Right, discuss no, it. Yeah. 
No, well, you did read my, my response in the show last week. Um, I said su- Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Of course. Definitely uh, Suicide no. Squad episodes. Why, like... why, did you, why did you like that one so much, Andy? Yeah, like, uh, unlike, like, I think I went for the scientist, uh, the double bill with Barry Allen, obviously, and yeah. that's got its, its very specific reasons. But why? what was it about the Suicide Squad that drew you in? I mean, they just they went instead of instead of going the normal route, like it tends to be with Arrow, you tend to get Ollie going off on his own and doing something with a little bit of support from other people. But like that episode was like completely focused on like the team doing stuff, like like it was like Diggle and the Suicide Squad and whatnot. But like, and I, I mean, I, I've really I'm really always I'm drawn to like team books and like team TV shows like Age of Shield and things like that, and like that really resonated with me. And it was just a great episode. Like I don't, it was almost I would say pretty much flawless for like a, a tv show episode which is rare <laughs> yeah it was it was really good and like it was like 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 yourself like um obviously i started this show basically so that i could teach myself about green arrow via ross but um this one was my first in bit well apart from smallville but that wasn't the same this was more um along the lines of new 52 and the only one bad thing that i had was the fact that they all wore those jumpsuits i think if they bring them back again or even spin off CW spin-off. Um, they could give them some more recognisable costumes to distinguish them, you know. Yeah. Ones that don't look like they've just come out of a 99 pen store. <laughs> <laughs> like it those was... sort of flimsy forensic ones. <laughs> and they were kind of like sort of prison jumpsuit type things. Yeah, like... I got it, yeah. 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 But, you yeah. know, you could variate them slightly yeah. to make them kind of costumey, but yeah. Um, so did you read any of the Suicide Squad books after this? Did this get you up and going or? Uh, I, I haven't gotten round to it as of yet. I've I've been I've been reading Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said you set that off the show there, yeah. Supergirl. I can't believe you. Of all of all the new Fifty Two stuff, it had to be bloody Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I did I did start of reading Batman and like it, it was pretty good. But I I've read the Supergirl. I mean, I read like all of it in like two days. Like up to I think it was issue thirteen or fourteen or whatever it was. I read it all in like two days. I was like, this is bloody brilliant. <laughs> did Su- did Su- Supergirl still ongoing, Ross, or did it get cancelled? It... No, no, it's still ongoing. No, no, no. Jesus, She's... why? Yeah. I think I think I'm pretty sure it's, they had a they had a huge sort of like um you know obviously there's forever evil has happened in DC yeah. just now, which is their big sort of like cross um platform um storyline each sort of character still has their own internal sort of storyline that's going along as well and i'm pretty sure the superman and supergirl had a big thing with um krypton and all that stuff that they had yeah, their own big true. thing which is ju- which is just finished up so uh, so yeah i'm pretty sure she's still um still kicking about and it hasn't been cancelled yet so bring it back to arrow i'm mm. positive this question wasn't asked last week to you andy um what was your worst episode mm. of um. arrow season two uh, oh, probably Worst. that Birds of Prey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's think... unanimous worldwide. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, it was. It, it was such a shame, but it, it was kind of almost. Oh, you could almost tell that that would have been the backdoor pilot for Flash if it needed to be, and it looked like they were sort of struggling to find a plan B, and they came up with that. And I think it was just the way they sold it, um, before it aired, uh was the worst they could do because we were all going oh yes it's going to be amazing it's going to be like a, a, like an oracle type thing and all that stuff and then it was totally different <laughs> from how they sold it beforehand and it didn't really help that we didn't we don't particularly like uh one of the actresses that are on there looking at you laurel but still <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quite fun so like overall then um you you really enjoyed season two and um what did you think of like the return of merlin in the finale like obviously he played a major part in season one and we didn't really see him that much in season two only for one or two episodes where he sort of fled with his tail between his legs after moira mentioned raz al ghul so mm-hmm, yeah. what did you think of his return I, I thought his return made sense but i don't I, I don't particularly like the character and like i was glad when he went away and now he's back i know he's going to be a, a regular on the show next season but I, I don't, I don't know if he'll be the, the big bad or what. I think, I hope they'd have somebody. I think there'll be somebody new. I'm hoping for yeah. like, um, you know how we obviously met Cyrus Gold in season one, which is Solomon Grundy. That's another one, the Solomon Grundy. You're always yeah. ordering him. Ah, well, Ross, it needs to happen. Like, see, now yeah. they've got the meta humans coming. Well, nah, it would make sense that Solomon Grundy actually, once he had acid on him, he kind of died and got reborn, and they had the story. And it, Solomon Grundy's the Hulk, the bad Hulk for the DC, basically. And he's undead. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, no, I was just saying it for the listeners. Oh. You're not the only person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he could be the main sort of bad guy. That would be a nice, that would be a cool idea to have him. Um, I don't think it's the last that we've seen of... Um, 
De- Deathstroke because no, I do think he's going to get integrated into Team Titans because he's in an Argus prison, you know. Yeah, well, Suicide Squad, don't you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, what did I say? Uh, Teen Titans. Titans. Which, Teen which, Ti- which is which well, is fair because not... he is he is part of Teen Titans and well not part of the team but he is one of their major nemes- nemesis nemesis yeah, is nemesis anyway. Is, uh, we're not getting into plural <laughs> stuff again. Uh, no. But yeah, I did hear and I did read that season three's villain isn't going to be as sort of in the shadows as what we've had in the last two seasons. Um, I think mm. I'm pretty sure Ammo even hinted that this season three's villain is going to be right out there. You're going to know who the main villain is from the offset. You know, none of this sort of is it brother blood or isn't it? Or he's getting the strings are being pulled by Slade Wilson. So it'd be a nice change if we do just have a, a direct villain who just comes out and just, you know, you know that's a big bad. And it'll be an interesting way to see how that works out. And it'd interesting to see if it's going to be Merlin. Well, Merlin has been sort of hinted at being the main one. Does that mean Merlin's going to be back all the time and just going to be like a constant duel between Arrow yeah. and Merlin every episode? Which would hark back to their relationship in the comics I suppose, you know, yeah. because they don't like you know, they don't want to kill each other. They, you know, that's the whole thing. It's just Merlin's idea is to just try and best Arrow because he thinks yeah. he's a great archer. So it'd be interesting if they kind of play that relationship through season three. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'd be So, Andy, from what you've read and know previously on DC, who would you like to be the big bad in season three? Who do you think would be a good villain? I mean, like like you said, Solomon Grundy would be pretty good. They could show, they could maybe show his uh, transition into like sort of being the big beast over the course of the season, like maybe sort of mutating mm-hmm. bit by bit, so that you wouldn't have to see him being all big and humongous. Because I would imagine that would cost a lot of money to CG that. Possibly, yeah. Depends on how they do it. But, I mean, you know what this shows... Yeah, I suppose that could be like a finale-style idea because mm-hmm. this show tends to save its budget for the movie-style finales it does. Um, but apart from Solomon, is there anyone else that is in the tip of your tongue that you need to see Arrow fighting? Um, uh, unless, they, unless they get him to like have a fight with Batman or something like that. Mm. That would be quite cool. I don't know if we'll see Ben Affleck on our TV screen. No. Yeah, maybe not. Or, uh, or uh, West Superman. <laughs> I don't think they would do a direct, direct no, reference nah, to, to, to the big three anyway in the Justice League. But um, yeah, that'd be quite interesting to see, see a Solomon Grundy type thing. You know, I'd, oh, so I'd, it's okay for Andy says it, but I can't. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I mean, I, I would like to see um, mm-hmm. Brick appear, um, which yeah. uh, if he's guy, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Andy might not have read it. That's a sort of a... Like is it like Kingpin maybe in Marvel? Uh, Brick's like yeah. a big sort of like gang leader, and I was thinking that you know because Starling City's been left pretty much to rubble by um uh, by Slade Wilson and that sort of mini wars in our city war. Be interesting to see maybe Brick rise from there and start controlling the Glades, and uh, that would be a quite cool sort of um, yeah, villain and matchup for Oliver maybe because he's like in the comics he's like huge and like that's his whole thing, and it'll be quite interesting to see him there. I could see him like building like if they do Ollie trying to rebuild the city, which they've touched upon, like, like bring it back to where it was. Um, that would be cool if he was like sort of the total polar opposite of Ollie. He was trying to like make the gang stronger in the city again, you know, like um, so it's a complete confliction and contrast. Yeah, like, they, have, <laughs> they have the same goal. They've got the same goal, but one's yeah. doing it illegally and the other one's doing it sort of like within the law, if you can call what Arrow does within the law. Um, that as well, and obviously there's be, it's been confirmed as well that Anatoly's coming back. That's uh, my favourite all-time Russian ever. Last time we saw him was obviously in the submarine after firing the rocket. Yeah. It's come bar- confirmed back for season three. I know it's going to be probably more in flashbacks, but Anatoly does become KG Beast, which is the greatest name ever for like a, a villain. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see if they try and incorporate him into the present day um, form. I know we've seen him in the present day already because he does give him that favour in the whole Russian episode. And then obviously we've got Hive that was only mentioned once in season two. So, you know, Hive could even make an appearance. So there's, there's, there's a whole load of stuff that could happen in season three and it'd be interesting to see what they pull out. Do you know, realistically though, I do have an ideal villain, Ross. Go on then, who's your ideal villain? For season three, on a yeah. pier. Oh, that would be quite good. <laughs> yeah. He, or he would be a good one for like um uh, like a sort of a three episode arc would be quite an interesting version, you know, like maybe not a complete villain of the week, but you know, something would be good to show up. Yeah, definitely. I mean or even the talk man coming back would be quite interesting. So well. yeah, well I I love that actor, uh Robert Nepper who was teabag in um, Prison Break. He's I really love him and he was good in Heroes as well. Um but I mean like I said, Onomatopoeia would just be really, really good. 
Um, because he, he was, he's possibly my favourite Arrow villain, Ross, so far that we've read. Kevin Smith's... Uh, yeah, and he's he's now part of obviously the the, the official canon of the DC mm. universe as well, and he is quite a a simple way of of you know constructing an episode around that person, and it'd be quite interesting to see how uh, he's portrayed as well. It would be quite good, and uh, yeah, I would like to see him, especially like I was hoping Count Vertigo would have been that sort of like I could see Onomatopoeia or being the um the sort of the thorn in all his side as he's trying to do the major plot, and then like he's just coming back at him and just chipping away. Every so often, you know, it'd be quite an interesting way to take it. Well, yeah. The other thing is as well, like, um, it, it, it wouldn't need much CGI or budget to, like, make that sort of onomatopoeia costume because it's kind of almost like Watchmen, what's the guy's name, Rorschach-like yeah. costume. And I think it's it's absolutely great. But anyway, back to our guest because we get time to talk every week, Ross. Andy, <laughs> see... What what hero? That's I'll I'll take away the big three. You can't have Wonder Woman. You can't have Batman. You can't have Superman. What what hero would you like to see? Or heroes? I'll give you a couple, and don't say Supergirl either. What <laughs> 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 uh, what what one would you like to see in season three, or even as the whole show progresses? I I definitely want to see how Jordan like uh, like yes. the, the, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not even maybe not even in coming across to this show, but even in the Flash TV show, like because that mind that was in. Fenris air race. Yeah, but we've had Fenris, Fenris in this, and also Hal and Ollie are best friends. And yeah, well, plus obviously Ollie's going to learn to fly at yeah. some point during the flashbacks of the next season. So I mean, it could easily be how Jordan teaches him. Like I think it was you that was saying it, Ross. So I, I definitely really like to see that. Oh, with this, the flight and all that stuff. It'd, it'd, be, it'd yeah. be a good connection. I think that could be the only reasonable connection they could bring in yeah. Al Jordan. And it'd be nice to, to see that because that would just show that the that the TV show itself are, aren't scared of bringing in another sort of major character within the DC universe as well. You know, so far we're getting sort of B-listers and hints of A-listers, but it'd be quite interesting to see. As, we, had, you know, we, had, we had the Flash. I would yeah, say well, yeah, yeah, the, oh, yeah, he's an A-lister, but I mean, he's like a different show now sort of idea, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it'd be good to see if they continued that again you know and maybe had another a-lister in season three you know yeah. so who, who would you like to see then Ross? sorry we'll go back to andy in a minute once he sees supergirl but uh, <laughs> ross who, who would you like to see who's your guy hawkman you want in hawkman really no, i'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say do you remember him in the yeah. new <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a tough one i've never really I've not really thought of who would who would like actually no i'd, I'd um uh, victor stone would be quite good to come in uh, or his, his dad, uh, you like sort of cyborg type thing. Maybe not as cyborg, but you know, a, a reference to Star Labs. Maybe he might fit more into the Flash side of things. Yeah. Um, but like, so Victor Stone would be quite cool. Or um, uh, I'm actually scanning my comic book shelf just now to see if I pick one out. But uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, in all honesty, I don't think Arrow needs any listers. Like, I think uh, I think it's a good a good chance to sort of explore some of the unknown. And characters out there, you know, rather than, you know, I mean, I, I'm all for, like, say, like, um, Hal Jordan coming in, but I'm just <laughs> worried when, <with, laughs> uh, I'm just worried that it could overshadow, like, that yeah. episode, you know, that's so, because Flash, fair enough, um, he is an A-lister in the comic book world, you know, but uh, he's not that well known on screen sort of idea, so they had a good chance to play it down by having him just as Barry Allen. You well, know, not so, the Barry Allen version. I would say Wally West is probably better known. Yeah, for... uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know, it, 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 it kind of worked for for the Flash that in that sense because as you said, there everyone knows Wally West more than Barry Allen. Um, so yeah, I'm just a wee bit worried whether or not they might just over, yeah, you know, shadow sort of the Arrow show itself. It could that episode could just become like the Hal Jordan show or whatever, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean there are a couple, but. Yeah, I'll see how it works out, you know. I'd I'd prefer them to try and stay clear of it, but like have nice references to them, you know, mm. so so we know they exist, but maybe not specifically them. Yeah, I could see that working. So Andy, who would your second choice be? Who would your other one be to add in? Oh Captain Atom. Captain Atom. <laughs> no, no. Like... No, <laughs> no <he's... laughs> I read a couple of his comics. He's a terrible character. Um he's, he's Ant Man, it is Ant Man. It's not. the same thing. No, so no. it goes through phones. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, in his own comic book series that I read, he's not a good character. But anyway, uh, I'd quite like to see Catwoman. Like, maybe not necessarily even as Catwoman, but like as like a cat burglar who the police can't deal with. So Arrow has to go in and deal with her. Like, say she comes in to for a big diamond heist or some something like that. 
See, I think that would be quite cool. Like, that would be good, but I would be worried about it turning to Birds of Prey and ruining Catwoman. Plus, I'm positive that the DC movie should involve Dibs and her for a future Batman. Um, and the, the the DC TV show, like CW, they have to discuss who they're Why going not? to yeah, with yeah. DC movies, which is a good sign when you think on it. Like Now that we're this far in and season two has been that astounding, like season one I was all for, we need this to tie in. Now me and Ross have come to the agreement that even if at the end of Batman Superman, sorry, this is now digressing into DC Universe, uh, if, if at the end Batman's scouting through his back computer and he's looking at potential candidates for a team, if even Stephen Amell's face flash past along with Barry Allen, you know, yeah. that would be nice. That would be all we need. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, just that sort of tip of the cap. You know, as we said, we've sort of progressed in the sense that first we wanted direct tie-ins and direct references, whereas now with the way Arrow's handling them, we're actually, I'm more, well, for me personally, I'm more in tune now with the subtle references, you know, because it then just gets your imagination going, especially that Harley Quinn. I was immediately going, oh my God, imagine, got a slight imagining that this, this Gotham <laughs> and Arrowverse type thing, you know, and yeah, yeah you know, it's that, that kind of subtle stuff uh, works very well with Arrow, you know, and um, be interesting, but I, I think I'm just going to have to concede and say yeah, Hal Jordan would be a, a good yeah. wee one I suppose. I say. suppose and obviously as everyone listening knows it has been Nightwing for me we've came up with the perfect <laughs> We've come, over the course of this show, the 22 episodes we've come up with perfect variations CW, they're all yours for the taking um, of how to write these characters in, you know, like Nightwing could obviously it's perfect, Roy can't remember anything up till he went to Bluetaven so he can't remember what he'd done, so if he wrecked the place Nightwing comes looking for oh, who knows what's hmm. going to happen maybe, um, maybe, maybe he went with Nightwing's bird eh? and Miracurida yeah. <laughs> so he did get a he did get a rise this time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ross, you get any tidy up questions for the Marvelite? Uh, no, it's 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 been it's been an interesting chat to get a sort yeah. of Marvel perspective on um, on Arrow, and especially from the Agent Seal perspective. I know it's difficult to compare the two shows because they have completely different agendas. But it's nice to sort of it's 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 nice to hear someone someone different coming in and offering the opinion. So thanks very much for joining us, Andy. Yeah, you're, you're most welcome. Thank um, you. I, I just want to mention that uh, my my favourite moment of the entire season. Yeah. It was Moira Queen's death. I was ah. so happy. Oh. <laughs> just shot them both though with two I, arrows. Yeah, I absolutely hated her. Yeah. Absolutely hated her from episode one, and I was very happy that she finally. Uh, that was your favourite moment. Yes. Uh, that, <laughs> I I wish you'd hit Thea personally. Like. Um, no, I, I like Thea. Uh, again. Anyway, on that note, we're going to wrap this show up in a tidy little arrow parcel for an post-arrow would that be <laughs> anyway yeah next week we're gonna have justice league and this week we are um this week we're gonna wrap up with uh well, we'll let the guests go first thank you for being a first ever guest and it was a pleasure having you over um and uh, get I'm, you... Cer- I'm certainly not your first ever guest on that, silence oh you're not that, that honor has to go to mike grell it has to go to mike grell but yeah. you're a first ever like non-important guest so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Andy where can the lovely people listening to this show find you if they like the dulcet tones of your voice <laughs> uh, so yeah you can find me on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast which is a show all about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and some somewhat beyond um, I do that with uh, Chips Elf and the B-Team podcast and we broadcast every Friday night on allgames.com at 7 Eastern Midnight Grinch Mean Time and whatever Pacific Time it is. And you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that. Just search for Agents of Shieldcast and you'll find us on the interwebs. Awesome. Yes, and you can find Agents of Shieldcast just after us on Friday nights on All Games. But Ross, where else can the people get us if they're that inclined that they need to find out all about Star Wars City? Yep, you can catch up on all things Star Wars City over at our website, starlandcityradio.tk. Uh, we'll have all our episodes up there as well and uh, keep up to date because that's where we post up our next reading um, our, our next reading list and everything uh, you can also get us on Twitter at Starling Radio we want to hear your questions, comments, discussions about all things Arrow what do you expect to see in season 3 any rumours you've heard that you want to discuss or want us to discuss in the show uh, get them all over to us on Twitter at Starling Radio um, you can get us on Facebook as well at facebook.com dot com forward slash Starlin um Starlin City Radio as well. Um and yeah, uh, you can get us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes too. 
Yeah, and um, we're going to have a new episode of Comic Book 101 um, very soon, which is obviously a show that we, uh, similar to our comic discussion in this, we've got a sort of uh, Knights of the Round Table going on with uh, myself, Andy Ross, uh, Fraser from 40 to Level 1, and uh, Mr. Ian Nelson. And once we get down to this episode, it will be Spider Man Blue, so get that read if you're interested. Our first one is already up, and Ross chose the book for that. Ross? Yeah, Pick Saga, uh, quite a quite a varied uh, varied um, discussion we had there uh, on Saga. It was quite good to sort of get two polar opposite um, opinions throughout the group. So, yeah, uh, listen up if you want to sort of chip into our discussion of Saga. And as Ali said, Spider-Man Blue for next week. Yeah, and um, obviously you can catch myself and Andy and Ross and frequently on 42 Level 1, which is a video games podcast. That is on live every Tuesday night, 9.30pm Greenwich Mean Time. And Andy, what's the other two times? Uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. Yeah, and we... Last show I get drunk, but most of the time... <laughs> most of the time we talk some video games and we've got some good guests coming up. John Shirley, which some of you listeners might know, is a prolific uh, cyberpunk author. He's also the screenplay writer of The Crow, the movie, and he's done some good video game adaptations, the latest being Watch Dogs, and uh, I think Tuesday he's going to be coming on, and Ross, you, you picked up his book, what what are you making of it, it so far? It's good, yeah, he's got he's got a nice, it's called the Eclipse Trilogy, and um, it's all based on this very te- techno-noir, um, a dystopian sort of thriller, and uh, it's very interesting, plays on quite a lot of themes that actually resonate more in this day and age because of the way our society is heading as well and um, it's very very in-depth and very very well read and well well written as well so i'm looking forward to pick his brains on a certain quite certain couple of questions so yeah should be good awesome so yeah tune into that live in all games tuesday night uh we will catch you here at stun city radio next time thanks to andy from shield for joining us and Ross usually gets a quote, but I think it's only for the guest reads at this time in the style of Oliver Queen. And this one, Andy, I feel sums up how I feel about the summer holidays without Arrow being on TV. So in the style of Oliver Queen, Andy, please take it away. Look, this isn't exactly my idea of a fun way to spend a vacation. Certainly is not, folks. But thanks for listening anyway. Tune in next time. We've been starting City Radio and you've been semi-good looking. See you later, folks. Bye now. (laughs) Thank you.